The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. Hi, welcome to the Online Marketing Show. This is Joey Bushnell. Today I'm joined by one of the world's best copywriters, David Deutsch. Go to copyquickstart.com forward slash creative to find out more. David, thank you very much for being with me today. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Today we're going to be talking about creativity in copywriting, which is a subject that David is very familiar with and is going to share some insight with us today. David, my first question for you was, how did you get into copywriting? Well, you know, I kind of fell into copywriting. I was working at an ad agency, uh, Ogilvy and & Mather, and uh, I was doing, you know, some administrative things and figured while I'm there, maybe I can do copywriting. And I uh, spoke to some people in the creative department and did some writing and got into the creative department and became a copywriter. So it wasn't really a career plan that I had. It was it was more I was there and I figure I, I I should, you know, see if I can do it. Do you mind me asking how long of a career you've had in copywriting so far? Oh gosh. Uh decades I think is is about the best way to put that. I should you know, I should probably point out too, you know, in terms of getting into copywriting, and that that's that's kind of the initial one. Uh, but it's interesting too, you know, I was in ad agencies doing ad agency stuff, you know, chasing new business and doing all that mad men kind of thing. And, you know, then I discovered Jay Abraham and kind of got religion when it came to direct response. And so I left advertising to pursue, you know, direct mail, direct response type things and, and, you know, enjoyed the accountability of that. And so that's, that's the second half of, of how I got into copywriting is how I got into that kind of copywriting. This may sound a, a bit of a silly question, but where in our copy do we need to come up with good ideas? Well, that doesn't sound like a silly question at all. And I always appreciate silly questions anyway, because they make my silly answers not sound so silly. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I think anywhere in copy, really, the more, you know, creativity is a very overused and abused term. And I think at its worst, creativity is creativity for the sense of creativity and, and doing things just to be different and just to be creative. And at its best, creativity is, is that which differentiates you, that which gets people's attention, that which wakes people up because it's not the same thing they've heard over and over again. And to be able to do that takes creativity, to say something that's been said over and over again in a new way, to take you know, the idea of losing weight, you can lose weight, you can lose 10 pounds, you can do this, you can do that. And then to creatively come up with why French people don't get fat. And wow, it's like a whole new way to say that, that, that just, you know, became a bestseller and, and it became a huge bestseller. And so I think any, from the title of a, from a title of a product to the headline, to the way you write your copy, um, it is an opportunity to do things creatively in the sense of, of doing them in a way that gets the prospect's attention and compels the prospect to action. What would you say is more powerful in copywriting, good ideas or expressive writing skills? Well, 
I, you know, it, it's a hard question to answer because the obvious answer seems to be both are important, you know? And indeed, you, you, you have to have both. I mean, you have to be able to express things well and, and you have to be able to, to be creative. I, I think you can get by not being terribly creative. You know, I think you can get by as a good writer and being able to say things well, but, but that, that extra last bit of, of success, and I think what makes the great writers is the creativity of, of coming up with new ways of saying things and new ways of getting people's attention. And, and, and not just new, I mean, creativity isn't only what's new. It's also, I think, unique combinations of people. I mean, unique combinations of people, unique combinations of ideas. So creativity is taking two ideas that have existed before and putting them together, which I guess you could look at the, you know, the idea of not getting fat and the idea of the French not getting fat. Mm-hmm. And someone put them together into why French people don't get fat and use that as a headline. So, you know, I think, I, I think you, you, you can't just be creative and be a writer, but you can be a good technician, a good craftsman, and still be a writer without being creative. Okay. I think you won't be nearly as successful. So they are both very important. So David, do you have a process of coming up with new ideas when writing your copy? Well, I tend to like to, ha- to be very systematic. I don't, I don't know that I'm a naturally creative person. I think in some ways I am, but I, I, can't, I can't really depend on that. I don't like to have to depend on that. So I have a system that I use where I have certain questions that I ask myself in terms of, oh, like what we were just talking about, what could be combined to, yeah. be, to come up with a good idea here? Or how can I do the opposite of what everyone else is doing and, and come up with an idea that way? And, and running those things through those, through those questions or boxes, I like to call them. And in fact, I, I wrote a book about it and did a course called Think Inside the Box. And so those questions then kind of become boxes that I, that I, that I look in. Um, sure. and my way of thinking is people say, think outside the box. Well, to me, that's a very scary place to be. Cause that's like the whole universe. That's <laughs> yeah. a, that's a lot of play. I'd rather look within a very contained box where it's, you know, contained and defined and I can look in every corner and every nook and cranny and know that's where the most productive ideas are going to be. In that you talked about boxes. Do you have a set amount of boxes you go through to try and come up with new ideas? Yeah, there are actually 15 boxes in the in the system that I use. Okay. You know, things from from doing the opposite from doing the opposite to to combining things to to dividing things to isolating things, converting something into a benefit. You know, that's something that that Volkswagen did for uh, way back those Volkswagen ads where they took the uh, they took a negative, the idea that the car was too small and converted into a benefit. They said, think small. They actually started promoting that. And people were so shocked by the novelty of it and, and by the counterintuitiveness of it that, that it, made, it, it was what made Volkswagen successful in the United States. So right. um, in the same yeah. way, you know, if I'm going through the boxes and I come to you know, a product and maybe the product has something about it that I may think is, is not one of its strengths or even a negative, I might think, well, how can I convert this into a, 
into a benefit? How can I convert this into a positive and promote it? Now that you've used the Volkswagen example, I think I can think of some UK campaigns where they did a similar sort of thing, turning something that was perceived as a negative and making a fun joke out of it or turn it into a good thing. Now that you've said it, it seems so obvious, but I guess I just didn't realize it or see that at the time. I don't know if they have it in the in the UK, but here they have a lot of these programs, and they started out with um, P90X, I think, an intense mm-hmm. insanity workout, yeah. where it's like, you're going to work hard, you're going to do this, you're going to sweat, you're, I don't know if you could do this. Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting, because that, that's kind of that same sort of thing, where, where somebody said, well, you know, our our program that we have, it's not like one of these programs where you where it's like it's really easy and you don't have to work too much. Our, our, our program is really very intense and it's, it's very difficult. It's not for everyone. And that's probably going to make it difficult to promote because people like what's easy and what's not hard. And, and they don't like to sweat. They don't like to work hard. And some very clever copywriter said, well, why don't we turn that into a benefit and actually promote the fact that it's hard and it's not for everyone. And they did that, and they were tremendously successful. They're all over the place now. You said that there are 15. Do you try to apply all 15 to a certain idea, or is it just one thing that perhaps makes all the difference, and you only need one tweak to make it different from what everyone else has seen? Well, you know, it varies. You know, um, you can run through all 15 boxes and see which one hits which one gives you that breakthrough idea. Um, or sometimes you just go through a couple of them and, and it, you know, it hits something. Um, but I, I wouldn't say, what I think you may be asking, I, I wouldn't say that you try to incorporate something from all 15 into yeah. mm-hmm. I, I think running it through all 15, you may get a good headline out of one of them, but you'll probably get some really good body copy running it through the other 15, or the other 14 that you didn't use for the headline. Mm -hmm. So somewhere in the copy, you might want to convert something into a benefit. Somewhere in the copy, you might want to isolate something. Somewhere in the copy, you might want to combine some Mm -hmm. things together to to create an idea for a paragraph or a section of the copy. And does this apply to just copy, or is it just general ideas in life? Does it work for that too? Well, yes, it absolutely applies to any situation where you have a problem that you want to solve. And in fact... um, the original genesis for this came out of um, its use in engineering to solve engineering problems, to, to invent things by doing the same thing, saying, okay, we're trying to invent something that does this. You know, how can we, how can we do it by combining? How can we do it by subtracting? What if we took something out? How could we do it by, by doing the opposite of what most people try to solve this problem by doing? And then you took it and applied it to your product. You applied it to copywriting. Exactly. It's, it, it certainly has application for everything from personal life problems to, you know, um, tangible everyday problems like getting rid of the, you know, the, the moles in the backyard. So is it a quick process to go through the 15 boxes? Does it require a lot of time, effort and thinking time? Or do you find that it happens fairly quickly because you have that system already to hand? Well, I, th- I think absolutely the system makes it much more quick than than sitting there trying to come up with an idea by sitting there going, well, I'd like I need to come up with an idea, I need to come up with an idea, I need to come up with an idea, um, and staring at the blank page or whatever. But the, the process itself can be as slow or quick as you want it to be. 
you know, you can do a quick look through the 15 boxes and see if anything hits you, or you can kind of go through them very slowly and deliberately um, because maybe you're trying to come up with a headline for an important ad, and it's really important to, um, you know, to leave no stone unturned. Okay. And, and as I said, too, sometimes just applying it to the problem of selling this product or creating this copy can lead not just to headlines, but subheads, side boxes, sidebars, uh, body copy, all sorts of, of different things. Because okay. really, a copy, in a way, is, is nothing more than, than um, a good headline, you know, kind of extrapolated out a little bit. And good headlines are just good copy. And so there's a interchange between body copy and, and headlines. How do we keep our body copy original? A lot of people out there say that we should swipe from other people, but obviously that doesn't make for original copy. So do you have any tips for that? Well, I think, I, I think a lot depends on your definition of, of swipe. Um, you know, some people swipe and they do, you know, a very word for, you know, word for word kind of swiping, just changing. If it says weight loss, they'll change it to making money because their product's about making money and they're swiping a weight loss ad and they, yeah. they keep everything the same. And it's a, it's a very unproductive way of doing it um, because what works for weight loss and the type of words and the type of phraseology and the type of psychological argument that works for weight loss doesn't work for making money in a certain way. Um, so it's dangerous like that and it's, it's dangerous from a copyright point of view and an ethical point of view, and it's, it's dangerous from an effectiveness point of view. I, you know, I think the great writer, and, and great writers swipe in their own way, but they swipe kind of the underlying thinking behind the copy. They'll look at a piece of copy and they'll say, what did this writer really do? You know, what did this, um, what's, what's, what's the idea here? What's the concept? What's the technique? And they'll isolate that technique and they'll say, how can I use this technique to, you know, in, in my copy, in my ad? And so it doesn't come out the same words, but, but, but what they've done is the same. Like we talked about, you know, um, the idea of isolating, a, you know, taking a benefit, and taking a negative and turning it into a benefit. So they may look at it and say, oh, look at this. They took, they took the idea of the car being small and they turned it into a benefit and they said, think small. Well, how can I do that with what I'm doing? I, my product is, you know, is, is, it's a very bitter kind of a pill or something and, and that's the negative for this. They have to take this herbal pill, but it's bitter. And so maybe they'll do a headline that says, you know, it's so bitter, you know it's working or something like that. Now, it's so bitter, you know it's working is very different than think small. Yeah. But they they come from the same underlying concept of, of taking a negative and turning it into a positive. Do you have any tips for staying focused and motivated to write? I know a lot of people struggle with that, and it's quite a scary, daunting task to just sit down in front of a blank piece of paper, and you have to produce something that's going to make people respond. Do you have any ways to help us stay on track? Oh, gosh, I've, I've probably got accumulated hundreds of ways to do that over the years. Uh, probably because I'm so inherently bad at it that that I needed to. Um, you know, the things that I find work are uh, Eugene Schwartz's uh, idea of setting a timer for 30 minutes, and then for those 30 minutes, you you have to sit in that chair and write 
or, or do nothing. You have a choice. You can write or do nothing. You can stare out the window if you want. But you have to be there, you know, in, in, in that situation. And, you know, I think sometimes when, you know, like we were talking about before, searching the whole universe versus searching, searching a box. Well, if you sit down to write and there's no delineation there, then it's like, oh, my God, I have to be here forever writing. You know, it can seem that way. But for 30 minutes, you could do anything for 30 minutes. You know, how hard could that be? So it's just 30 minutes at a time. You know, it's like how you eat an elephant, bite by bite. So I, I, I find that really helpful. I find um, Dan Kennedy's methodology of setting up schedule, a, a very rigid schedule. I'm going to do this from 3 to 4. I'm going to do this from 4.30 to 5.30. I'm going to do this from 5 to 6. And then you have to do it because... You know the the guy's gonna the FedEx guy's gonna come and the ad has to be in the FedEx guy's hands and you can't do it in the morning because in the morning you're scheduled to do something else. So we we tend to become very efficient and very productive when we have no choice. It's like it's like that idea of making every day be like the day before you have to catch a plane. You know how productive you are <laughs> right before you have to catch a plane. You, you just make every day like that, just like you have to catch a plane, and and sure. that's the way to work. And of course, if you have things scheduled the next day that you have to do, then it's like you have a plane. You can't you can't do them the next day. You have other things. Sure. So okay. that's real helpful. I also find, you know, feedback is really helpful. Talking to people about ideas, showing people copy, because uh, copywriting can become so isolating that I think that can get you going. Um, creating outlines is real helpful. And uh, also keeping track of productivity, how many pages you've written, kind of keeping score. We like to play video games. We like to keep score. So make it into a game. You know, oh, I wrote, you know, 300 words today. I want to see if I can write 400 words tomorrow. Or, you know, I did, I did five 30-minute segments today. Let me see if I could do six 30-minute segments tomorrow. So in terms of ideas, David, do you come up with all the ideas at the beginning and then start to write? Or while you are writing, are the ideas still coming? Are you writing a paragraph and then you have to go back through the 15 boxes and apply it here and there? Or is that done more or less before you start writing? Well, yes, it's, it's, it's done before I write. But that's not to say that while I'm writing, other ideas don't come up. And sometimes they can be even better ideas. Sure. And I, I think that having gone through the boxes before I started writing that in a way that the thinking and, and running the things through the boxes has gotten my brain going, you know, that whole subconscious kind of thing. So my, the brain tends to be more primed to uh, come up with things as you're writing. Why do you think people find this difficult in general? There may be some people who are you know, so full of ideas that they can't keep them under their hat. But generally, I think most people would struggle with this. So do you have any reasons as to why that is the case and how do we remedy that? Well, I think that, that people probably are good at coming up with ideas in certain aspects of their life maybe and not in others. Okay. So um, someone may not be able, may, it may be hard for them to come up with ideas in terms of writing for whatever reason. They, they might be able to go into the kitchen and come up with a hundred ideas for wonderful meals to cook mm-hmm. um, or they are better ways to manage a, a, a football team or, or any number of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not so much, you know, I think 
more to answer your question, a lot of being able to come up with ideas just has to do with accessing that part of your brain that's good at coming up with ideas. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that people are, I think some people are, are inherently better at doing that. Okay. I think they, they somehow ask themselves these sorts of questions that are in these boxes intuitively. Mm-hmm. Um, or somehow that little part of their brain is just is well connected. And for those of us, for those of us that it's not, or that, that kind of frees up a little bit when, uh, in front of a blank sheet of paper, having the boxes then can, can kind of do what your brain doesn't do as easily as Leonardo da Vinci's brain or, or whomever's brain. Mm-hmm. Although I have, I, have, I, have a, I have a suspicion that someone like Leonardo da Vinci or a great writer or, or a great whomever discovered their own way of accessing their creativity early on, discovered their way of, of they found what works for them. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's asking certain, you know, certain questions. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just, you know, running them just a certain way of, of how they think about things. Do you think maybe that part of the brain isn't exercised enough? Do we maybe avoid it or because we haven't used it so much that when the time does come to come up with ideas, we just find it so difficult we'd rather not face it? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think part of it is just practice at at coming up with ideas, coming up with alternatives, coming up with um, creative, different ways of doing things. Um. And, and even though I said people are, 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 are creative in some areas and not others, generally speaking, people who are creative are creative in, in you know, more than one area. They tend to, you know, someone who's good at creatively writing tends to be good at coming up with a different way to solve a problem, you know, around the house or a different way of, sometimes maddeningly so, you know, speaking for myself, you know, I'll, I'll find some way of doing it that's, not the way a normal person would have done it. And about copywriting specifically, do you think it is something that can be taught and systematized, or do you think it's a skill that you're either born with or not? Oh, no, I, I absolutely think it can be, can be taught and systematized. I mean, I've seen it done. I've seen people, you know, I, I've seen people learn copywriting just from copying someone else's copy, you know, writing it out by hand, as Gary Halbert, you know, always, always said to do. Um, no. You know, and, and I mean, certainly you need a, a certain base intelligence and, and a, a willingness to learn. But, um, you know, I, I, I absolutely think it can be taught. And I've, I've, I've seen it be taught. To some extent, it may interest you that the, the main thing you're teaching in a way is salesmanship. You know, you're not so much teaching copywriting as you're teaching how to write well if the person can't write well and expressively and you're teaching how to be a good salesman and and sometimes you can take someone that's a good salesman and just kind of teach them how to write better and they become a good writer sometimes you can take someone who's a pretty good writer and teach them how to be a good salesman and they become a good copywriter and if you're not good at either you can still get good at it if you practice it enough yeah absolutely you can get good at it you know you can practice selling you know, you can take a job as a telemarketer, which is kind of an extreme way to do it, or you can just practice convincing people of things. 
Uh, you know, if, if everyone wants to go see a certain movie, try and convince them they should go see a completely different movie. Try convincing your wife to cook something different for dinner. Try convincing your kids. Try convincing, you know, your your boss or or whomever. Just make little secret exercises in persuasion. Good idea. Well, David, I know that you have a product on the topic we have talked about today. And within the 25 minutes or so that we've been talking, we can obviously only cover a limited amount of information. I know that you have a product that goes into detail about this topic. So could you tell us a bit more about that, please? Yeah, sure. Um, it, it's, as I said, it's based on a book that I wrote called uh, Think Inside the Box, and which is kind of a, a story book that, that gives the ideas that we've been talking about in the boxes in a, in a story context kind of like one-minute manager kind of thing. So you, you actually get to see it in action and how it works. Okay. And uh, so there's the book itself. There's the book on tape, which is you know a, an audio recording of the book that was professionally done. There's a, a workbook that goes with it. So you, you actually work, you know, work on uh, the different boxes and, and how to do it. And that kind of dimensionalizes it even more. There's, uh, there's an interview with me where I talk about how I've used the, you know, the system and what it's done for me and, and more on the applications of it. And, you know, it's basically an entire system and course for, for putting this all together and being able to bring more creativity, uh, being able to come up with, with ideas, money-making ideas or problem-solving ideas as easily as possible and seems to have helped a whole lot of people do that from the feedback that I've gotten anyway. Great. And where can we get this course if we're interested? Uh, you can go to the, uh, my, the uh, website for it is copyquickstart, that's C-O-P-Y-Q-U-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-T, copyquickstart.com, and then forward slash creative, that's C-R-E-A-T-I-V-E, with a small c. So it's copyquickstart.com forward slash creative. And that is going to help people get more ideas when they're writing their copy, more business ideas, and just get help with ideas in life generally as well. So we couldn't ask for more, really. No, you couldn't. Fantastic. And that is the end of today's episode. Uh, many thanks for tuning in. And David, many thanks to you for being on the show. Thanks very much. I've, I've enjoyed talking with you. The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money.